Hello, and welcome to the Movie Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayo. In this episode, we'll have a spoiler-filled discussion about a movie we think you'll enjoy. episode i am joined by eric and we're going to have a spoiler filled discussion on the two tiger and bunny movies the beginning from 2012 and the rising from 2014 or technically tiger and bunny the beginning tiger and bunny the rising you people are smart you get this how you doing tonight eric i'm doing great john how are you i am doing well now these are fairly different kinds of movies because the rising is all original but the beginning was almost a re well not almost it was very much a remastered version of the first two episodes plus like a, a third one kind of tossed in right and I found that kind of interesting because they added a little bit in what we had seen from the first two episodes that yep. I at least don't recall from there no that's right there was at least a couple of scenes where it was it was like extended cut in a way yeah yeah that's a good way to put it Kotetsu's mother was there at the ice skating stuff with Kaede. And I don't recall that from the first two episodes. Right. You know, nothing, again, earth-shattering, but again, an extended cut sort of a thing. Yeah, one of the extended scenes or, or pieces I think that was a little bit different was in the first battle that Barnaby was a part of, mm-hmm. there was some, it was all action in the original series. And then in the beginning, there was a, a sequence of events that essentially amounted to Kotetsu letting Barnaby kind of take down that next on his own to like say you know i trust him and kind of start to build the rapport of the team i think i thought you got a really good uh there were some nice filler pieces in that maybe context would have been good in the regular series that helped kind of reset or or maybe make me think a little bit differently about how barnaby and kotetsu kind of got off on the as a partnership together how kotetsu helped barnaby acclimate to the team a little bit more because in the original series it felt very much like it was you know, just this forced crammed thing, like, boom, he's here. But really there was a lot, apparently, (laughs) that we didn't know of happening behind the scenes where Kotetsu was trying to kind of help Barnaby get more acclimated and help, maybe more so help the team acclimate to Barnaby. Well, to act as a good kind of middleman in all of that, when he was arranging kind of the uh, drinks to get to know each other sort of a thing. You know, I exactly. Thought, I thought that was a ton of fun, particularly when he told both sides that the other one had instigated it. And of course, yep. that that works out real well for him. <laughs> As everything seems to. Yeah. I, I really felt all that additional material there and with the uh, the other next they went after of Robin Baxter. Mm-hmm. Really, that second and a half episode, if you will, it really, like you said, fleshed stuff out, made things fit a lot better. And I think if they had actually done that as the third episode, we would have seen the team all working together early on. It would have given us a better context because it it really took a good couple of episodes in the first season to get to see all the different characters. Yeah. Yep. So I, I really do think this was one where, yeah, it's a retcon, but it does beef up the story quite a bit. It, yeah, it doesn't. It's not a retcon where it's changing characters. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. They're, it, it's enhancing. And like we were saying, it's kind of filling in some of those gaps. I mean, I think on the first the first recording we did, we talked about how it felt like there was so much happening that there was some 
maybe some context that was a little bit lost because they were rushing to get so much done. Mm-hmm. And this kind of helped smooth that over a little bit. Or it it would make sense that these scenes potentially were pulled out, and that's why it kind of jumped. Whereas with this, it was a little more cohesive of a story, I guess. Yeah, I definitely think so. It really cemented how Barnaby got to know some of the other characters and a lot more of the foundational aspect of the relationship between Koketsu and uh, Barnaby and such. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, like, if I was telling, encouraging someone to watch this or helping someone figure out where to start, you know, I would almost say watch the beginning and then go and watch the series. I would, Yeah, I would agree. I would start with the beginning and then ju- jump to episode three of, of the series, uh, season one, and go from there. Yeah. Because I don't think there's anything in the first two that isn't in the beginning. No, it, it was just there was some added stuff in between. There was nothing nothing skipped, I should say. Yeah. Now, this Robin Baxter they bring in as the villain of this new act of the, the movie or whatever, I found pretty interesting for a couple of reasons. One, his next ability is a bit different than we usually see. It's the ability to kind of instantly switch places with anyone he can see. So kind of a castling move in chess terms. Right. Which I thought was a ton of fun. But then the outfit they gave him, I found just kind of hilarious because it is a speed skater outfit almost on steroids or whatever. Because he's got wheels on his arms and can just go in all kinds of ways. And part of why it really stuck out to me is Jackie Chan used an outfit almost identical to that around the time this movie came out in the third one where he was the hawk or whatever. So I think it was the the title I've seen it under was Chinese Zodiac, but it's either officially or unofficially the third Operation Condor film where he's kind of sort of playing, not quite an Indiana Jones type, but sort of. Um, gotcha. And the thing opens with him in this kind of an outfit and proceeding to have kind of a high-speed chase down a really long, winding mountain road. And seeing it live action was, was just insane, and they did it just as well with it here in the animated stuff. Yeah, for some reason, I for me, it brought up just Gogo Tamago from Big Hero 6, the girl that had the wheels on her outsides of her feet and the outsides of her her hands. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know, I kind of got visions of that too. Just the same sort of, you know, same sort of body manipulation and, and speed and all of that. Yeah. Well, and again, you add that with the being able to swap places with somebody and you get a almost a teleporting parkour kind of a, a action scenes. Yep. The only part where I think they really dropped the ball on all of that was as he was swapping places with people and such. He's doing this on Hero TV. Granted, it's right. live TV, but back in the control booth, all they've got to do is an instant replay. And they should see, wait, that's where Sky High was or whomever, and he just swapped places with them. Versus it very much seemed to be, what's going on? I don't understand. And that, that bugged me a little bit, because I do think the people in the control room could have actually earned their keep for, for that <laughs> adventure. Well, as we found out in The Rising, they don't always earn their keep. Yeah, yeah. The Rising, man, that all original stuff, different pacing than we'd been getting, because it wasn't done for essentially the half-hour sort of format. Right. And I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it as much as as I did the beginning, which I really think, I mean, granted, a lot of it was remastered early footage, but was probably the 
the highlight of, of the whole bit that we've watched so far. I enjoyed the first season, but I think the the beginning reworked it and started it much stronger. And then the rising, they're going on and on about, you know, is this some kind of, you know, prophecy or whatever? And they introduced Golden Ryan, and I just, I, I didn't care for that character. Me either. They seem to spend too much time setting him up as potentially the big bad. Right. Even to the point of him commenting to Barnaby, if you thought I was the bad guy. And I'm like, uh-huh, I did. <laughs> and that, at that point, I was expecting, now you're lulling us into a false sense of confidence that you're not, and you're going to be. And he wasn't. So, I don't know. Yeah, the, do we want to switch over to The Rising? Uh, either way. Do we got more to say on the beginning, and we can bounce back and forth? I don't think I have anything more at the at the moment about the beginning. I just, I guess I would just wrap it up to say, or at least put closure on it, to say that I thought it was a better retelling mm-hmm. of the original couple of episodes with the add-ons and I thought it brought a lot more context and was very it, it would have helped me get over that that hump that I talked about the first five six episodes where I was like oh, man it's yeah. a little bit of a slog or like I was lost it would have smoothed all that over so I'm glad they did it and I think that it is a really good beginning piece to the series and I wish that the manga had actually well actually there is a manga on is there a manga on the beginning? I know that there's one, I think, for The Rising. But I wish the manga would have been... I think there's been... one for the beginning. Yeah, I think that would have been the better one to read because I wonder if they didn't include more of those in-between scenes that help kind of set the stage and are the connective tissue through some of it. Yeah, I think if you want to sample Tiger and Bunny, the beginning is the way to go. Yes. Because you, you get a full introduction to it, you get a good adventure or two, and it ends on a clean enough note that, hey, if, if that's all you want, you're not, you know on a, a dangling kind of a plot line or something like that. The other thing they did there in uh, that we haven't mentioned is I think they set the seeds of Barnaby's parents having died and him looking into that a lot more explicitly early on. Yes. Whereas that was just doled out ever so slowly in the, the first season. Yep. I, I've, I've got to wonder if there was somebody on the writing staff that first seasons, no, no, we really ought to do it this way, got, you know, outvoted, but by the time the series was done, was able to convince somebody to do the beginning, which is how they thought the the show should have started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it definitely seal, feels like somebody's like, no, no, I, I I told you this was the way to do it. And if so, I think it vindicated them. I just, I don't know if that was the case or not. It just feels that way. I'm not sure why else they would have done a retooling of the first two episodes with, you know, the equivalent of a third episode tossed in there. Yeah. I mean, a, a prequel, maybe, or something like that, I don't know. But it it's puzzling how the thing came about, but I'm glad it did, because I, I do think they did a great job, really, with a, a much stronger launch of the property than they did in the first two episodes. Yep, I agree. I very, very much enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. On to The Rising. Yeah, this one takes place... Around the time of the epilogue of the first season, uh, it seems like a little bit after this, after that, because Tiger and Bunny are still with the second league and have been there long enough that the other people in that league have gotten used to the way those two interact. And I thought that was just kind of funny when they would start going at it and and the other ones were just trying to, you know, deal with that or, or stop it and stuff like that. Yep. They didn't have so much time elapsed that it seemed like, okay, they've got to reset the table or anything. And having, I guess it was Ben that had been Kotetsu's boss at the other company 
now working at uh, Apollo Media or whatever it is where they're working and being there when when a tiger and bunny get brought back to the first league sort of was kind of interesting i mean the the fact they brought pretty much all the main characters back that they could uh, right. i appreciated yeah the whole second league first league thing that was interesting and and what prompted bringing them back up to the first league and you could just tell right off the bat that something wasn't right yeah well this new head guy at the company didn't seem particularly trustworthy at all. No. And given how the last, you know, CEO of that company had turned out. <laughs> There's a, there is a, uh, yeah, precedent set for behavior <laughs> at that office. Yeah, yeah. And, and Golden Ryan, his gravity powers seemed, I don't know, area effect not fine-tuned? How about that? Yeah. Uh, seems like a, da- a lot of potential for colla- collateral damage. And there were a couple of times he incapacitated the other heroes, which didn't seem to you know, be a brilliant idea, but, you know, it worked out okay. And again, just his his attitude and whatnot. I don't think we were supposed to like him, but I didn't like not liking him either. Right. He's a hero. Mm-hmm. And he's partnered with, you know, one of the two main characters from the series. You, It's weird. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying, where you felt like he was put in the position where you should have been able to like him. But he was replacing probably the most likable character, or in many cases, the most the character you could most easily identify with, just as kind of a klutzy, normal person who had superpowers. And so there was that that dichotomy there, where you wanted to wanted to believe in him, trust him, like him. Were angry that he took a spot, was kind of forced in under you know shady a shady business move, and just kind of his behavior and attitude was a little off putting in many instances. You know, everything from body language to some of the ways that he would talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was just kind of interesting. I couldn't tell if they had expected us to like him because, hey, he's another new hero, or to like disliking him because he's kind of bumped uh, one of the the two out of the duo. Right. And they did enough things setting him up that, you know, he could have been behind some of the problems and, and a few things like that. That made me think that's kind of where they were going of, of maybe he is going to be the, the bad guy and such or in cahoots with them or, or something. I just I don't feel they had a great game plan with that character. And if they did, it was lost on me. And I certainly don't think they executed well on the character. Yeah, I agree. And then the trio they had of the guy with the sonic powers, the the belly dancer and the old guy. I never really got a solid lock on exactly what their next powers specifically were, just kind of generally what they could do. And as villains, I didn't find them, you know, particularly amazing or whatever. And it it, it felt like if these had been, say, the, the lieutenants for the main bad guy, kind of the Joker type in first season or whatever, you know, we could have gone with these three, wiped them out, and then, oh, wait, there's this guy behind. That could have worked. Right. But I didn't feel we really got that here. I guess the way it all kind of played out at the end didn't totally satisfy me. I will agree. I was left, there was a, just through this whole movie, there were parts where I kind of, I had some of those feelings from the first couple of episodes where it was like, it just wasn't clicking. Mm -hmm. I had some internal appreciation and also frustration with kind of the, the story, uh, just how they were, the fire emblems passed. 
and a lot of the pieces that were dredged up there, I thought there were some really good, some good thought pieces, some good, you know, things that can make you step back and assess yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and how you perceive a situation. But it also at times was just like, it it was a drain, the story and and the the pacing. And it just kind of was like, okay, like I feel guilty for wanting to minimize some of this, but can we move along? Yeah. And, and I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like that feeling of wanting to rush a very deep subject, but at the same time getting very burnt out, I guess is the best way I can say it. Well, and while we get quite a bit of backstory for Fire Emblem, I don't know that it really fit how we'd seen the character. It, yeah, like... It seemed to throw the the character into a lot of self-doubt, which didn't really seem to be a problem that character would ever have. Well, no, because one of of the lines that, you know, Fire Emblem had was something about possessing the courage of a man and the love of a woman, which makes him invincible. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you're throwing, like you said, you're throwing some of that into doubt. And to, yeah, yeah, it was just different. It, I will say it came out of left field is, is about what it felt like for me. Like it, there was nothing in the setup in the, the series beforehand that made me think that this was a turn we were going to take. If they had done this early in the first season, okay, I can see it. Sure. It would have been part of the character growth and the team would have grown around it. And yes. But after the full season... Where it's like, he's in charge of his own company, he can do what he wants, he is who he is, and he's okay with that. Ah, sure, he may not have always been that way, but to suddenly put him into this this, next power-induced self-doubt, I don't know, maybe if we'd seen one or two other characters go through something similar, that might have worked, but we never really saw anyone else get kind of that, that whammy from the old guy. Right. So, I... And again, it was a decent chunk of, of screen time devoted to that. And it was probably, I mean, the most character development we really got with Fire Emblem over the, you know, this, the the beginning and the first season. I just right. think they could have and should have done a little better by the character. I just thought the way the trio was was defeated wasn't totally set up with, with how Golden Ryan's powers kind of worked. I thought they were a little, I don't want to say uh, too strong before that and stuff, but they were you know, running the field with the heroes and such. And then it's like, oh, now we're taking them out. Boom, we're done. Okay, next. Yeah, move along. I don't know. This The pacing on this wasn't what I was hoping for. And this wasn't the big bad level I thought we got kind of with the, the Joker wannabe at the middle of the first season and at mm-hmm. the end of the first season with the big crescendo there. And I get, okay, you've got, uh, a, you know, a movie. So what, 90 minutes or something thereabouts. I forget, 90 minutes, 2 hours, whatever. You've got limited time to build it up and all of that, but it just didn't seem to have a solid plot line, through line, whatever for me. Yeah, I'll agree. I think coming off of coming of, off of watching the beginning first and yeah. as uh, how much I enjoyed that and then going into this and it was a little bit of a challenge, I think made the taste a little bit worse than it probably was. That's fair. And, you know, had there been, had I had an extended break in between and, you know, maybe gone a couple of months without Tiger and Bunny in general, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more because it would have been nice to come back to the stories. And, and But because it, for me, it was watched, I watched the beginning and then I watched the rising, you know, two two days later or started watching it two days later. It just really, I was in one mood and excited and it just kind of flopped. So... 
yeah, it, I think it was just a, a mix of a number of things. I think pacing was part of it. Story was part of it. Characterization was part of it. Um, all those pieces alone, without having all of the previous story, I think the movie could have stood on its own. But as it's a bookend to, or I guess in twenty was it twenty fourteen, it was a bookend to the series. Yeah. It was kind of a little bit of a blah way to go out. Um, but now we have a new season on the way, so. Well, and The Rising wasn't all bad either. I think it it pales in comparison to the first season and certainly to the beginning. But again, the use of the Second League and how they interacted with Tiger and Bunny I thought was great. Seeing Kaede having grown up a little bit, not a ton, but just enough, and how she was used here, reaching out to Blue Rose and some of that stuff, I thought that was, was great. That was That was nice. There's there's that tension with Blue Rose. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm, again, I'm curious where that goes in the second season. I thought bringing Lunatic into this, I don't know, it, it I'm not going to say I love the character, so I'd have been fine if he just hadn't shown. It just felt, I don't say a little forced. Sure. But not as, as organic and natural as I think it could have. I would have liked to have seen Kaede play a little bit more of a role. Is she starting to do stuff with the the next power or not but she was used just as the daughter and well used there yeah and she she alluded to her you know like dad you don't have to worry about me i'm the next it means i can kind of take care of myself sort of thing Mm -hmm. you know and it's like well okay can we see it (laughs) you know like don't just tease me i took that to be she was going to be used as the would-be hostage or whatever for the trio and they'd get their come up uppance from her yeah or something or she'd again at least be able to keep herself safe or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm very hopeful that in season two of Tiger and Bunny, she plays a more prominent role because I would like to see her character have take that next step. Yeah, same here. Same here. It was kind of interesting, though, that Kotetsu, after you know the series of events that took him out of the second team, uh, ended up as a cab driver. I did think that was kind of funny. Well, and you caught that Ben had hooked him up with that? Yep. And it's like, okay. That's a, that's a nice callback. Yep. The fact he happened to be driving whatever that guy's name from, from Apollo Media was just kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds that that cab would pick that guy up at that time? I mean, obviously, 100% it happened, but still. <laughs> Only in a movie could it happen that way. Exactly. Exactly. No, it was, it, like you said, it wasn't all bad. I guess I just, I had hoped for more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess for me, the way the beginning had retooled the opening and how that third act of it was all new material that I thought was really good character material for all the heroes, getting to see them together and some good action and interesting stuff. I was expecting that level of of writing and and material in, in The Rising, and it wasn't bad. It just wasn't that good. Yep. So... I think they've shown there's a lot of life left in these characters, but while I think they could make a run of this as, you know, a movie a year kind of a deal, it's a different writing structure for that sort of one story in the 90 minutes or whatever, and they were more in the half-hour episode writing framework. Right. I just, when we were getting the flashbacks to Barnaby's childhood and some of that kind of stuff, and you know, things of, of that point, setting up this whole goddess curse and all that. It just, it was needed, but it didn't f- fit the story structure or the, the flow I was expecting. Right. So 
this is not what I would suggest somebody start with if they're going to sample the material. I would definitely agree to that. I think it's worth watching, but I mean, again, I would say start with the beginning, jump to episode three of the first season, because you've already watched the first two in the beginning, go through there. And I think if I'd watched The Rising right after the end of the first season versus having just rolled back the characters to the beginning of the first season with the beginning, I don't know, maybe it were to work better. I don't know. Either way, this is not where I'd start it. <laughs> it's not where I'd start it, certainly. And I'm hoping that with the, the second season, they find their footing again. Because I, I, I don't think they totally stumbled, but this just wasn't as graceful as I think it could have been. Yep. Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. You know, had I watched this two years after I'd seen the, the first season, uh, to your point, you know, uh, yeah, I would have liked getting back into the world and stuff. It would have felt familiar with the repartee between Tiger and Bunny and that kind of stuff. Would I have been satisfied with it at that, you know, under those circumstances? Probably more so than I am now. I just, I don't know. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the uh, the second season. I'm curious if the plan is just to do that second season and then, okay, that's it. Or do they want to do other movies? Do they want to do a third season? I don't know how often a property like this over in Japan lies dormant for about a decade and then gets picked back up like this. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because like on everything, you know, promotional that you read or whatever, it's it's always like, oh, the, the fan favorite, the this, that. And it's kind of like, well, boy, for something that has such positive press, how come it didn't carry on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or why the delay, I guess I should say. Well, again, we got this, the rising in 2014, nothing in, you know, the eight years or so after that. And that right. was, you know, again, two years after the beginning, which was, you know, after the, the first season, that's relatively dormant. And who knows how many people just never saw it because they didn't really start watching this kind of stuff until after. So, I mean, I can definitely see where it's got a following. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. But if it is that kind of fan favorite, like you said, why not do more? Right. And they are now, but I, I also don't understand why now. What was it that got it back out there? I mean, I'm happy it's it's coming back, but I just I'm I'm curious is this sort of thing common, unusual or or what over, you know, with these types of things over there. Yeah, right. Anything else? No, I think that's it. I think I think you summed it up well. I think we kind of hit the main talking points. Yeah, well, hopefully some people will uh use this as an excuse to go check it out. And if if so, again, start with the beginning if you like that. Jump to, to episode three of the first season, go through that, check out The Rising, and then maybe go into the second season. Yep, I agree 100%. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>